Take a moment right now, if you get the opportunity, share the show, subscribe on Rumble, follow us on Telegram, and help us to get around the censorship. Uh, we do not want to run afoul of any mentions of the coronavirus or anything else even remotely close to it. And uh, we hope that you take the extra effort just to hit the like button, comment on the show, share it with your friends and family, especially during this holiday season when you can have the best conversations. Whoever said you're not supposed to talk about religion and politics, actually, those are the two things we should be talking about and talking about it quite a bit, especially in the run-up to 2024, which brings us now to our Bible teaching today. And I want to preface this just by saying that so much is in the Scripture, but when Jesus is the cornerstone of everything that we do, Life becomes intelligible. In other words, it becomes understandable. We can, we can get out of it. And it can, it can draw out of us really that, that emotion of, of praise and thanks. So, for this is contained in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone of the one who believes in him, will not be put to shame. This precious value, then, is for you who believe, but for unbelievers, a stone which the builders rejected, this became the chief cornerstone. And if I was preaching right now, I'd say, everybody say and. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. See, when Jesus Christ is the cornerstone in our lives, other people are going to be offended. They're going to accuse you of all kinds of things. And really what we're in right now is the demonization phase of these demagogues who think they're going to perpetrate a genocide against Christians in America. And you can see this coming from a long way away. And I, I'm going to talk a little bit about the narrative arc today and the info war going on today. And I want you to pay attention, please, to this specific part of the show because we're going to be talking about why things don't make sense, but the implications that a lot of what we're seeing today has been planned for a very, very long time. And that Jesus Christ was clear about why these people stumble. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. And to this, they were also appointed, I find that very fascinating. If we're outside of Jesus, we are actually appointed for stumbling. Christianity is an offense only to those who are perishing. And they know it, and that's why they're offended. It's why they want to become a fifth column inside the Republican Party. It's why they want to become a fifth column inside the United States of America, because they know they're perishing. And this fifth column, uh, we're going to expose some of that today as well, at least on the national front. We need to understand that it runs a lot deeper. It's a spiritual issue that you're either children of light or you're children of darkness, and you have to choose between the two. There is no attempted middle ground with all of the sophistry that I hear from certain individuals who have never really understood the nature, the true nature of God. They've tried to understand God through their perception of others instead of through their perception of the Father himself. 
And so as we move into a season where things are going to be uh, increasingly difficult, and especially for Christians, I think that we, we all need to rest on that chief cornerstone and just understand that part of this is just us being Christians and that being an offense to the enemy. And that's just the way it is. I hear people sometimes say, like, they, they're going to try to, like, get out of offending people. They're going to back off the gospel. They're going to back off prayer even. That's not real Christianity. And you couldn't have told that to the martyrs in the first, well, six centuries. Or the martyrs today in China or the martyrs today in North Korea. The gospel is offensive. Prayer is offensive when a Christian prays it. Get over it. Prayer can never be, can never be somehow the wrong way. In fact, God has called us to pray unceasingly. He's called us to pray all the time, give thanks all the time. And that's just going to be offensive to some people. The question is, are you going to compromise, make up an excuse, rationalize something away? Maybe it wasn't the exact right timing. Maybe it wasn't this. Maybe it wasn't that. When God's called us to pray, we pray. God's called us to stand, we stand. And I think that a large portion of us as Christians, and I'm speaking as much to myself as anybody else, we need to get over ourselves and this idea that we need to back off the throttle. Backing off the throttle, compromising, well, that's got us into the position we're in right now. And the only way out is full steam ahead, standing on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. That brings us next to kind of a funnier video today that I, I, I appreciate. You know, this is what I love about America, okay? And this is what drives the left nuts. It's what drives the Marxists absolutely bonkers. The communists are in, in uproar over this stuff. Armed Americans really, they, they put a fear into evil. And so I love the fact that I love the fact that everybody can be armed. From a grandma to a 22-year-old, it doesn't matter. In America, that's where true freedom comes from, that we are like a porcupine. You're not going to get near us. And this is different than other countries in the world. This is different than Russia. Russia, 1917, veterans had guns. But even the veterans at that time they, they, they didn't stand up. And I want to I talk quickly about this, digress just a little bit. Communists are never as strong and they're never as numerous as they try to portray. They're always actually significantly less. General George Patton understood this, that in World War II, there was no one behind Zhukov's lines. Some Americans understood this at the end of World War I and the beginning of the communist revolution some Americans understood this, that, that the communists in Russia were very, very weak. The problem is these, these veterans in 1917 gave up their guns. 
They gave them up. They gave up their right to fight back because they gave into the lie of the communists. We must never give in to the lie that they're more numerous or they're more powerful because the most powerful force on the face of the earth are free men and free women fighting on their own ground for their posterity. And that's why I love it when the Abraham generation <laughs> takes up arms. Go ahead and roll the clip. Okay, this is an 85-year-old mother of two, grandmother <laughs> of five. Determined. And, Look at that face. I love it. Great-grandmother of six. But why this is special is because her name is Norma Takala. She is going to shoot this AR-15 into the field. And the great thing about this is her nickname is Norma Tack. Uh-huh. Right, Norma? Uh-huh. We right. have 10 Norma Tacks loaded up. Shoot this way. <laughs> Holy crap. Let her go. Yeah, Grandma getting it on. Look at that. One more. <laughs> I love it. So it doesn't matter if you're in the Abraham or the Isaac or the Jacob generation. Exercise the right to bear arms. That brings us next to the good versus evil segment today. And we have some college students that, well, they needed a little bit of education. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I thought they were going to college for an education. Well, yeah, but see what they're being taught in the colleges is not really an education. And so when they got a real education, it was interesting how quickly their opinions changed. Go ahead and roll the clip. Hamas invaded Israel on the 7th of October. What was your initial reaction to that? Uh, I don't believe they did, did they, Hamas? Uh, I think so. I, honestly, like, I think I need to be a bit more clued up on like, everything that's going on. So I feel like I'm not really well, qualified to answer that too well. I mean, I'm not sure if I've seen anything that shows that that's actually happened or actually correct. Huh. Well, when they got clued in and the rest of the, the story there is, they changed their opinion and didn't know that Hamas, one of the key terror organizations in the Middle East, actually is evil. So I'm glad to see that people are out on the street educating folks, and we need to continue more of that. Now, that brings us to your daily intelligence briefing and coming to us from the globalist front. I want to just quickly, quickly touch on a couple of things here on this front. The very first is Yuval Noah Harari and a new species uh, ruling the earth. Guess what? It's probably not you or me, but go ahead and roll the clip. We are one of the last generations of Homo sapiens. Within a century or two, Earth will be dominated by entities that are more different from us than we are different from chimpanzees. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? That freaked me out. You know, we'll soon have the power to re-engineer our bodies and brains, whether it is with genetic engineering or by directly connecting brains to computers or by creating completely non-organic entities artificial intelligence, which is not based at all on the organic body and the organic brain. 
And these technologies are developing at breakneck speed. If that is true, then it creates a whole other species. This is something which is way beyond just another species. Such a smart guy with such flawed logic. And quite candidly, I wouldn't let him near anybody's brain, uh, especially Travis's. I mean, my goodness, we wouldn't want anything to happen there. This is incredible. These guys really believe this, but they do. And that brings us to the next part of the segment here. City Council uses chat GPT. So this is this AI that you've all know Harari was referring to to create binding ordinance for 1.3 million residents because we should let computers decide our laws. Uh, how about not? And that brings us now to the China segment. Coming to us from the China segment. There are signs of a significant economic slowdown in China right now. Moody, uh, Moody's Investor Service slashed its outlook for Chinese government bonds to negative. On Tuesday, the credit rating agency very clearly cited stagnant growth and the country's ongoing property crisis as the reason it looks like that China is, in fact, slipping into an economic downturn. And again, that is a potential indicator of war in the near term. That brings us next to Indo-Pak news. Taiwan's sovereignty is a universally recognized fact. Only, 20, only the 23 million inhabitants of Taiwan have the right to determine the future of the country, said the Taiwanese foreign ministry in response to Wang Yi's statements during negotiations with Blinken. Now, I want to talk about this quickly. We have sovereign nations being inv invaded by other nations. I thought that was the entire purpose of the United Nations at the end of World War II. But when it comes to China, people are backing off of those statements, even though it was very clear that Chiang Kai-shek fled Mao Zedong, the most murderous dictator in the last century, and took people who love freedom to Taiwan. Do not they have a right to exist? I think so. And nobody wants to say it, but they are a sovereign country. There's just been this pretended machination that they're not. Now, that brings us next to And Magazine. A senior member of Al-Qaeda is actively trying to acquire nuclear weapons. What is the Biden regime doing about it? Well, from the Middle East front, we can say categorically, not much. Now, there have been intelligence reports for over two decades about Al-Qaeda acquiring small amounts of chemical weapons, small amounts of biological weapons, uh, nuclear weapons. They've tried to acquire those, too, for two decades. Now they're trying to again, and guess where they're getting a safe haven? Well, Afghanistan. That brings us to the next thing on the Middle East front. Coming to us from Gateway Pundit, dozens of reported Hamas savages surrendered to Israeli soldiers in humiliating fashion. Uh, and I, th this is happening all over uh, the Khan Yunus uh, AO area of operations. Uh, there are just huge members, uh, huge numbers, excuse me, of Hamas terrorists surrendering right now. Uh, and it looks like the Israelis are really pushing this as fast as they can. And I'm going to tell you why I think that is here in a second. But... Uh, 
these pictures obviously showed the weakness uh, that his Ben Hamas there in the Gaza Strip and that the Israelis uh, are meaning business. So the reason I think that this is happening is because there is pressure happening in the United Nations right now for another ceasefire. Antonio Gutierrez has uh, invoked Article 99, which is basically bringing it before the Security Council. Uh, remember, every member of the Security Council, permanent member of the Security Council, the five have a veto, and the United States has been vetoing any sort of demand for ceasefire with uh, Hamas. And so the, the whole point here is that Israel is feeling pressure internationally to wrap this up as soon as possible. So you're going to see some uh, speeding up of the tactics uh, on the ground there in the Gaza Strip. And one of those tactics is the Israelis have begun flooding the tunnels with seawater. Uh, and now they're seeing mass surrenders of Hamas terrorists because they can no longer be in their rat tunnels underneath Khan Yunus. That brings us next to Iran. And this is the second reason I believe that things are speeding up in Israel. Coming to us from OSINT Defender, senior U.S. official stated today that they now believe the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps of Iran is directly involved in the planning and execution of ballistic cruise missile and drone attacks by the Houthis, terrorist group in Yemen against southern Israel and commercial shipping, as well as U.S. Navy vessels in the Red Sea. That is a very clear indicator by the United States that they are blaming Iran for these attacks, which again is an indicator that there will be very likely a wider war, which is why this next development is so important. Coming to us again from OSINT Defender, a U.S. Air Force RQ-4B Global Hawk surveillance drone with the call sign Fort 13 is currently doing laps off the coast of Lebanon. This is the second U.S. intelligence platform to take a look at this, this same area within the last 24 hours. Let me simplify this for you. It appears that there are Hezbollah uh, massing, uh, Hezbollah organizations massing in Lebanon, and that the United States is, is looking at it very, very closely, and also potentially into Syria. These drones are flying at 60,000 plus feet. They can see all the way into Syria as well, and that they're very likely are militias massing in Syria on the northern front with Israel. So this, to me, is another indicator clearly that Israel is going to uh, speed up its operation in Gaza because there will be a war on the northern front very, very shortly. And again, the United States making those comments, the United States actually might step in at that point if Iran actually is attacking the United States through proxies, which of course they have been. So it has to really start coming out that, yes, this is really about Israel versus Iran more than it is Israel versus Hamas. And that brings us next to the Ukraine front. Coming to us from Anton Garashenko. I just this this story just caught my eye. If we can bring a picture up of this guy, this guy is incredible. So, a Ukrainian sniper has broke the world record by hitting a Russian target at a distance of thirty eight hundred meters. Thirty eight hundred meters, everybody. You're talking like two and a third miles. That is insane. And this has been documented, and it was filmed as well. 
This is incredible. Now, I, I highlight this for this reason, that just like when the Russians invaded Finland, there are talks going on right now for peace because both sides believe that it is at a stalemate. But it is guys like this fighting again for their family and their posterity on their own ground. That's the most fearsome fighting force in the entire world against Russian Mobiques. So, again, objective analysis here. It'd be a, a, an interesting next 30 days that'll take us to the end of the 90 days I talked about in September. See what happens here as winter sets in on the Ukraine front. And that brings us now to the South American front. And we're going to have to add something to the to the briefing here because it looks like there's going to be war in South America. Guyana's vice president said Monday that the country will remain vigilant after Venezuela's referendum to claim sovereignty over a large swath of Guyana's territory. It's not just a large swath. It's like two-thirds of their territory. I mean, it's huge. And it's very sparsely populated. In fact, it, it is one of the largest untouched, uncharted jungle regions in all of South America, if not the largest. And so it's very mineral-rich, and Venezuela's President Nicolas Maduro assured regional nations that he will not invade Guyana, but also said during a speech, now we will recover Venezuela's historical rights. See, this is communist doublespeak again, just like Putin. I'm not, I'm not going to invade. Yes, I'm, yes, these guys are actually our people. Maybe we will invade. No, I won't invade. Maybe we'll, you can't listen to their words. you got to watch their actions, which is why on Patriot Radio, we dive into these details about the news behind the news. The government of Venezuela just released a new official map. So the day after the speech, they release a map of the country, which includes, of course, the Guiana Esquiba region. President Nicolas Maduro also announced that the state-owned oil and gas companies could immediately begin to explore and exploit oil and gas fields in that region. And they're building roads toward that region now to occupy militarily. And, uh, Coming to us from OSINT Defender, here is a copy of this map. Uh, again, oil expedition said to be in the planning stages. Looks like this is kind of moving a little bit slower. So if we could bring that map up right now, just so everybody can see it on the far right side of this map, uh, you can see Guyana, what, what is Guyana today. So are we able to bring that up? Yeah, All right. So this again, is right off, okay, the coast of the United States, as it were. It's directly south. So this is a, this is a flex to see if the United States is going to do anything. And it's really an attempt to, to wear down the U.S. If Venezuela invades, is the Biden administration going to do anything? Historically, the communists have never done anything in, or the, the Democrats and the communists in America have never done anything to stop the communists in South America. Like in, oh, I don't know, like the Sandinistas, like the communists in Nicaragua, Venezuela, they do, they do almost nothing. So this is just one more test of the United States resolve. So even though this next report coming to us from OSINT Defender, U.S. Southern Command announced the beginning of air exercises in Guyana's airspace today in conjunction with Guyana Defense Force in order to strengthen regional cooperation. This exercise comes following this referendum. And 
This mysterious crash of a Bell 412 transport helicopter with the Guiana Air Force yesterday in the disputed reason. The war actually may already be happening. Now the United States is flexing some muscle down there, but do we have enough troops to do this? And have we spent enough in defense? Well, a lot of people are saying we've spent too much. Well, where is this stuff going? Well, some of it's gone to Ukraine. Some of it's gone to Israel. Right now, we need to be getting out of the way of our manufacturers here in the United States of America and allowing production to ramp up across the board here for the protection of the U.S. Wow. And that brings us now to the national front. Coming to us from open source intelligence, Victor Manuel Roca, who served as U.S. ambassador to Bolivia, has been charged with spying for Cuba for over 40 years. One of the most interesting statements about this is he would pretend to be a right winger and make broad sweeping statements that would make no sense. But he was actually working for a foreign government. So with that said, uh, if we have the, the video ready, let's roll the video of this issue and this hearing that came up the other day. The department has charged former U.S. ambassador to Bolivia, Victor Manuel Rocha, with illegally acting as an agent of a foreign government. This action exposes one of the highest reaching and longest lasting infiltrations of the U.S. government by a foreign agent. Specifically, the criminal complaint alleges that for over 40 years, Rocha acted as a covert agent of the Cuban government. To that end, the complaint alleges Rocha sought out employment with the U.S. government that would provide him with access to non-public information and the ability to affect U.S. foreign policy. The complaint alleges that Rocha sought out and used his positions within the United States government to support Cuba's clandestine intelligence gathering mission. Why is his voice quavering all the time? Look at this is an embarrassment. 40 years, this guy's where's U.S. counterintelligence right now? The fact of the matter is that the entire administration, and this goes back to World War II. You can read about it in the book Target Patent by Robert Wilcox. Over 329 confirmed Soviet agents based on the Vernona transcripts, the Matroikin archives, and, and Pavel Sudoplatev's book. And there's just a whole ton of corroborating sources. The U.S. government is riddled with communists and jihadis right now. Where is U.S. counterintelligence? Oh, I know what they're doing. They're tracking Christians. How about we go after the real enemies of this country? And that's why it's so interesting that the FBI director tells Congress terror threat against U.S. has hit a whole other level. Coming to us from Western Journal, Director for Christopher Wray told lawmakers in Washington on Tuesday that it's time for Americans to be concerned about the potential for Islamic terror attacks on U.S. soil. Finally! Finally! You think? Now, the question that would follow this up is, okay, Director Wray, why are there members of the U.S. Muslim Brotherhood in positions of power in the Biden administration? Explain that, please. And what are you doing with mosques in the United States that are literally owned by Hamas's bank, the North America Islamic Trust? Please, somebody explain this to me. 
And so that's why it becomes very interesting that is this intentional? Kevin Tews from Michael Yon, monkey works on the military invasion of the United States and not a single active general or admiral is standing up. Monkey Works has done a fantastic job of tracking the flights of illegal immigrants throughout the United States. Uh, this is an absolutely must-watch video. You've got to see this. In addition to that, uh, he also confirms what I was talking about with U.S. intelligence overflights uh, regarding uh, Lebanon. So watch this video. But shouldn't we be doing something at our southern border since you have members of the Muslim Brotherhood Special Section coming across the southern border, Unit 910 from Iran, Jungle Tigers from China? You'd think so. And that brings us to Visegrad 24. Islamists gather in Dearborn, Michigan to praise Hamas' attack on Israel. But maybe, maybe there should be some investigations here. Maybe they're part of the massive list of unindicted co-conspirators in the Holy Land Foundation trial, the largest terror financing trial successfully prosecuted in U.S. history. Uh, maybe they're tied to that. That would be probable cause if they were. Very, very interesting. And that brings us to Center for Security Policy. With riot season coming, here's what red states should be doing. So... They, they are very much talking about riots spreading in 2024 in the run-up to the election. Uh, many of the sources that, that uh, we use here at Patriot Radio and that we know very well concur with this assessment that the jihadis and the communists are preparing for riots here. They're doing active pre-attack surveillance against churches here in the United States of America, and they are getting ready to take down private critical infrastructure such as ham radio antennas. So we have this from direct sources, by the way. And so Center for Security Policy's recommendations are extremely good. Strengthen penalties for rioting. Well, that should be a no-brainer. Consider strengthening penalties for deliberate, unlawful blockading of streets and thoroughfares. Where they do not exist, right laws prohibiting the picketing of an individual's home with the intention to harass or intimidate. Pass laws prohibiting malicious doxing of law enforcement, officers, judges, and attorneys, and other officers of the court. Toughen penalties for trespassing on property defined as critical infrastructure. Yeah, that would be a great step forward. I would add another thing to that. Critical infrastructure defined as ham radio as well, and the infrastructure for Aries Racies. I, I would just add that there. Be prepared to enforce historic anti-Klan laws, which many states have on the books but which prohibit a variety of mob and lynching type activities intended to intimidate citizens. Clearly, some great steps forward there. If you haven't seen that article, please read it. Spread that to your friends and your family. That brings us next to Sean Foyt. James Carville says House Speaker Mike Johnson and at least two Supreme Court justices are Christian nationalists. Is it, it seems like everybody's a Christian nationalist today. Now, I, this isn't an I told you so thing, but remember... Back seven years ago, I said this is what they were going to do going forward. They were going to label everybody a Christian nationalist if they disagreed with them. But this is the quote here. This is called the demonization phase. 
who represent a bigger threat to the United States than al-Qaeda terrorists. That's obviously a not true statement. It's, a, it's an incorrect statement. It doesn't, it's not backed up by any evidence. We've detailed the evidence here on the show of terrorist attacks and who does them and who plans them. So clearly a lie to say something like this. But what the purpose of this lie is, is to ratchet up anti-Christian hostility. And because they're trying to do this, there's an important part of the narrative that you need to understand. And that brings us to WorldNet Daily. Blue state governor cancels Christmas tree lighting ceremony rather than face protesters. The way to defeat color revolutions and these false narratives is for millions of voices to stand up and say enough. This is one example. And, of course, the Marxists back down. Coming to us also from World That Daily, Christians fill state capital with prayer after Satanists hijack Christmas decorating. This was in Des Moines, Iowa. And in Des Moines, Iowa, after uh, representatives of the Satanic Temple did this attempted hijacking of a decorating ceremony, they just started to pray, stood against it, and of course the Satanists had to back down. So, all of this to say, you need to clue in on what the narrative battle is. They went after Trump for Russia collusion to tie him to Russia. So that when World War III breaks out, every Trump supporter will be labeled pro-Russia and they will try to use that to round up Americans. That's the whole point. We need to clue into this stuff and stop playing into the narrative. And understand, too, that there are certain voices, conservative voices, that are being amplified right now because they feed into this narrative. And they're unwittingly doing this stuff because they don't understand the grander scheme. The other narrative here is to paint Christians just like the Germans painted Jews back in, in the Nazi era. These Marxists want to paint Christians as the problem of everything. And so the solution then is to round up all Christians. And yes, they have been very open about this stuff. You have to just read their websites. And they try to pass it off like, ah, oh, we don't believe that's just a little guy there, right? But look at how they just demonized Jenny Donnelly by putting her in Rolling Stone and smearing her, right? They did that to yours truly years ago. And th this is an attempt to demonize people, to make people more accepting of when they're rounded up, when they're thrown in prison and eventually killed. That's what this is. It's, it's a pattern throughout history. So don't fall for it. And make sure that you are standing in this time and not just expecting others to stand for you. And that is the briefing. Remember the antidote to dependency and socialism is to be a God-fearing, self-reliant, freedom-loving American. And if you have the opportunity, please like, share, comment. Make sure that you subscribe to us on Rumble and that you follow us on Telegram for all the latest in what's going on in the world, the latest prayer points, as we like to call them. And we have some uh, upcoming information coming out here that'll be very, very encouraging to all of you as we come into this holiday season. And I think today what is the first day of Hanukkah, if I recall correctly. So we've got a lot, a lot to celebrate and a lot to be thankful for. But that doesn't mean we let off the throttle during this time.
And that brings us to our guest today, Mark Sutherland, a longtime freedom fighter and our friend from the UK. He is an activist fighting for freedom for the J6 political prisoners, and he's also a distinguished filmmaker and the host of the Sutherland Show Report, and recently contributed to the book Solutions for the End Times, Plans for a Blessing as we reach the end of the age. Mark Sutherland, so great to have you back on the show again. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very well, Matt. What a, what a privilege it is to join you, and can I just congratulate you on what a absolutely incredible briefing. Oh, my goodness. Why can you not be on mainstream news across America and across the world every night bringing the truth? That was absolutely phenomenal as much as being a little bit rather scary in in uh, in what we see unfolding and to back you up i think when i was last with you um i don't know if i discussed this which was my visit to the parliament of world religions in chicago over the summer on my grand tour of america for 12 weeks and just to back you up and i so here is the um the catalog of uh, all the different, uh, holding all the different seminars. This is how thick it is. But on here, on page, when you were quite rightly talking about the demonization, on page 205, on August the 17th, 2023, at the Parliament of World Religions, a seminar at 8 o'clock in the morning was held rise of white christian nationalism and the threats to u.s democracy <laughs> there it is there it is and uh i have to say i don't have to remind you as someone that uh, has been vilified in rolling stone and uh, rolling stone magazine and and can hold that bad with badge with extreme pride um the narrative and how this is being pushed. And if I keep having to listen to your news when it says our democracy is under threat, our democracy is under threat, I will scream and scream and scream because the last time I looked, you are a constitutional representative republic with alienable rights. And you use a democratic means of voting to allow you to make decisions in your in your country. So where do you want to go, my friend? Because there are a heck of a lot of parallels. One, one is the border problem that you have on Texas that the incredible Michael Yon, uh, along with Anne van der Stiller Times, is reporting on. And our invasion over the English Channel. Well, I want to go here first. Travis, we've got this video. Um, I, I, want, I just want to get your reaction briefly to it because I saw this. This was kind of stunning to me. And at first, you know, is this Gaza or is this London? Roll the clip. Oh, you don't have it? All right. So all I saw was a bunch of protesters filling the streets of London filling the streets of London. And I was like, what is happening to England? And I would like to get your reaction to that. And then let's talk more about solutions for the rest of the show after that. Well, my reaction to that was frankly horrified. And also I think it reminded me that, uh, 
there was an air, uh, certain things that have been going on in our universities. I have not been paying attention or enough attention. We, we know this whole debate of intersec intersectionality. You know, there's thisism, thatism um, uh, within the social studies department of universities. We're we're gonna we're gonna push vict victimology, right? So we can say that that really began to take off 2001 2 and then of course with suddenly the internet coming alive in 97 but the whole thing of social media around that time really began to push this and then to see after the appalling indescribable events of the 7th of october where 12 to 1400 say 1300 deaths of uh, Israeli civilians and military um, by Hamas on that invasion now and then suddenly within two days it flips and then the victimology of of Gaza then invades the streets and all the accusations and lies it it's shocking frankly uh, Matt to say the least because what is going on when we've witnessed you know university professors i think in america going you know really celebrating that day when we've seen on yeah. the streets of uh, of in australia you know gas the jews and then we've seen the march after march and it's led me down a load of rabbit warrens to go, well, who is funding this? Where is this coming from? And you raised a very, very interesting point. You raised the Muslim Muslim Brotherhood. Now, I'm no expert. I am fully aware of who that group is and the incredible lady called Cynthia Farat, who has written a book about this. Um, we're starting to think, well, how come there's student groups called uh, Students Justice for Palestine. Where, who is funding all this? Where is all this coming from? To be honest, and, and you and I, we can discuss that. And then suddenly on the streets, we've got a jihadist group um, who are banned in every other uh, European country, not banned in this uh, country. Then, then uh, we start to discover the reason why, and I'm just trying to find it, I can't find it here but we'll come back to that the incredible journalist uh, melanie phillips writes the book londonistan in in 2006 and it you know the fact that morsi when he was kicked out of egypt the muslim brotherhood member his family has got family members that live in london i could go on we've got people like as douglas murray has pointed out Mohammed Sawala, who I think has uh, um, links, Hamas links and all this kind of stuff. They're over here in London and uh, it's no, co it's no um, coincidence, as has been pointed out by other people, um, incredible reporting by Tom Slater of Spike, where they, where they talk about the joining of the Stop the War socialism movement with the Muslim Association of Britain, which Mohammed Sawala sits on that board with his son. So all of this kind of thing going on. And um, it's, uh, yeah, I've been very, 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 very upset by it, especially when friends of mine are Jewish and then other, other stuff where people don't feel safe on the streets, frankly. They don't feel safe on the streets. And we're getting more and more. In fact, I'm getting real-time stuff right now. We're getting more and more reports of what what i think is really 
clearly characterized as civil unrest or low-intensity conflict in many countries in Europe and now in the United States that are they're under the guise of protests, but they're they're ramping up clearly for violence. And so, Mark, I I just want to talk quickly. Who do you think is funding this? And then let's get the solutions. Well, the, the, it's I mean, various people point to Qatar. I mean, we know that uh, we know that Qatar then is financing Hamas. Now, the figure could be: is it ten million dollars a month or up to thirty million dollars a month? So there, there is that. Then, of course, is it is it? Uh, I mean, Hamas being a Iranian proxy is you know there is various there's various leads on this, Matt, um, that we need to then uh, pin pin down. What 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 is what to me is shocking is how this is flipped. Young young people are not thinking this through at all and i think there's so much uh, manipulation and we can get into i suppose when you say about the solutions the huge solution is being is is education frankly but the discourse is so bad on university campuses that say for argument's sake and i'm i'm more than prepared to do that not you know i'm trying to learn so much about all these issues quickly fast when you don't feel as though you know enough. But if for you and I, for argument's sake, if we were to go on university campuses and try and debate, um, it would just, we wouldn't be allowed. We, we just wouldn't be allowed. Um, people don't want, they don't want the facts, but it does come down to education. Um, we got to follow, as it always says, we've got to follow, we've got to follow the money. Um, this is, this is what, is really really important and i will say this one of the issues that we have over here within the united kingdom is the amount of middle eastern money that has gone into our sports particularly say in in soccer i mean qatar had the world cup the last world cup so you look at where investments are going on and of course if you were to disinvest from that that would economically hurt us quite a lot so it's this spider web that of educationally we we look over the last 20 30 years the amount of money that's gone into uh, oxford university other universities etc etc the amount of money that universities get from foreign students who are coming over it's as you would say it's it's and I, I'm going to use this without without it sounding a bit over dramatic, because it seems like a uh, like a war on so many different fronts. And suddenly you realise and go, well, hold on a minute, yeah, I see what's happening over here. We've got this investment here. We've got this undermining here. Uh, we are in a little bit of a mess, to say the least. We are in a very challenging time, and there's either. Two solutions to this. Either we lie down or we stand up. And so that's why I want to talk quickly about the book that you were a part of, Solutions for the End Times. H how do we be a blessing during this time? And what what direction does the book take? Because, you know, for so many people, it's just doom and gloom. But really, again, God is already on the move. That's why the enemy is raging. Well... I mean, th this is personal opinion for me. Personal opinion says that education, learning about why your country is in the particular mess it is in, uh, 
learning that how the news etc thank you for putting that up how the news um etc presents itself how history an event presents itself is not necessarily the way that uh, that we should believe it is and to get to grips with that one of the statements i make i make in the book that may be offensive to some is the fact that um a friend of mine once asked and says what are the, what is the charismatic movement what impact has the charismatic movement had actually had on the uk you know and i would turn around and say well frankly not a lot e.g politically to events that have that have been going on and i suppose the cla the classic is is that when we voted to come out of the european union you had every single political party saying we don't think this is an idea good idea so in the end you i concluded that i was living in a communist state and then of course the over we then won that vote to leave by a majority of over a million and then we realized that we have been fighting our own deep state our own civil service the blob etc and there has been a deliberate pushback from the globalists left right and center and then before i get called a, a conspiracy theorist i turn around and say prove me wrong um solutions solutions are are hard at the end of the day as we don't we don't um apologize for this as bible believing sure. christians the gospel the gospel is number one and it's getting getting the gospel out there because it is changing men women's hearts and um that is that is our priority to use whatever whatever means we can but it is about education and it is about knowing knowing your enemy now i don't want to get too much down the track of bible eschatology on the one hand but i you know i believe that i know i know what's i believe certain things that we could be on the edge of un unfolding that's right but when you show when you show the interview of noah harari opposite um mr vanderbilt there uh, anderson cooper and there you are showing that interview now that man has been interviewed uh recently by um uh alistair campbell and corey stewart alistair campbell used to be uh um like the press or uh, communications director for tony blair and corey stewart is an ex uh, conservative mp i wouldn't call him conservative i'd call him a socialist basically in disguise but there they were gushing all over noah harari but noah harari wasn't revealing the points that he was revealing to anderson cooper why do i say this because one, it's been helpful because you've shown that footage in the beginning. But the reason why I show this is that we have got to learn our enemy fast. He's talking about transhumanism. My dear friend, Carl, Carl Tigreb has been talking about transhumanism on and off for the last 15, 16 years. These are issues that the church now is suddenly going, trans what? What is that? what what is he, these issues we are we are way behind is one of the things that no one matt i'm not just saying this for hyperbole but no one can accuse you of not being uh, ahead of the game like that because you are you have been informing people on a regular basis for a number of years about all these issues when you remind us of china history of Chun sun chai check going off to taiwan and the reasons why people 
within within the within Christendom, but you know, in churches, etc., they're not paying attention. They're disinterested in a load of this. And what concerns me, and it's coming to our door, what concerns me is that no one will react until it's right on their front door. And I have to say to you, that is too late. It is too late. And the whole the whole point too behind it being brought to our attention now is so that we can do something about it. We can act and, and we can't just have revival on the one hand. We have to have Re- reformation on the other. We can't just have one. We have to have both. We can't just have reformation. We also have to have revival. We have to have both to see society transformed. And I think that's what you were getting at with, you know, with the charismatics in England. Yes, there's revival, but then it's not transforming into reformation. And now we're in a big world of hurt where now the, the ability to even do revival could be impacted for our failure to do reformation. So in the last couple of minutes that we've got left, final thoughts. Um, absolutely. And what, what's very interesting, what's very interesting about that is there's some very, very, you know, we're not turning around and saying that every single Muslim in the world is a jihadist for crying out loud. We're not. I mean, there's 1.2 billion of them. Um, they're not. But what we are deeply concerned is about this uh, about this ideology. And that Ephesians 6 says we're not fighting flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And this is a huge principality of that. There, 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 of that, there is no doubt. And my final thoughts are: uh, I mean, you, you and I, we we love to read. We're gathering information. We want to be educated about things because we we wish to speak out and use whatever means we can to do that to uh, to educate people. And that's what we have to continue to do. My concern, and I say this with much love to to my american friends across on your side of the pond i'm just i (laughs) when i was touring around i'm just saying please please will you wake up please please wake up please look beyond your border of the united states please do that and i know that within our community people are because we are the people you know you you others michael young for argument's sake you're desperately trying to bring all this information to the american people and it needs to stir and i am deeply i am deeply concerned that it is not doing that enough i'll give you an example because people may say well the southern border in texas it doesn't affect me because i'm miles away from it well it does affect you because they're bussing they're bussing people that are coming over your borders that could be chinese terrorists members of hamas or whatever and we also know we also know i'm not saying this clever we don't know but i believe that you know, Hamas is then involved with Mexican cartels. That has been a discussion that's been out there as well. Um, and please, I'd say to people, look up the work of uh, an amazing woman called Cynthia Farat. I think Matt, she is someone that you need to uh, you need to interview, and and her book, we which will. is examining the brotherhood. But thank you, thank you very much indeed, my friend. Thank you, Mark. Once again, fantastic. We love everything that you're doing. Keep up the fight on that side of the pond, and we'll keep up the fight on this side of the pond. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on Patriot Radio today. Yeah. Bless you. Take care. All right. Solutions for end times, plans for blessing as we reach the end of the age. I, I This book needs to get out way further than it has. Solutions for the end times. Again, Mark Sutherland of the Sutherland Report. Check that out as well. This is absolutely amazing reading, especially for the solutions part of it. It gets your mind stirring, 
and it has a positive view of what we're going through right now, not just the doom and gloom. That said, I want to bring up several other solutions very quickly before the end of the show. I just tweeted these out as well. The way to defeat a color revolution is very simple. It's for millions of people to speak out, to pray, to stand, to fast, and to act. That is how we're going to win, and that is how we're going to make history. This is Matt Shea. Thank you so much for joining me on Patriot Radio today. May God bless all of you. He is making this generation the greatest one. The awakening is here. Keep up the fight.